This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI. Let's turn to the intersection of business and accessibility and technology. Twitter has reportedly laid off about half of their workforce included in the layoffs are the accessibility experience team, the human rights team, and others tasked with content curation. So what does that mean for the platform and what does it mean for the disability community that's formed within the platform? Let's dig a bit deeper with Kevin Shaw. Hey, good morning, Kevin. Great to chat with you once again. Good to chat with you. Great to be with you. So, Kevin, let's start with the general. What's your reaction to the reports that Twitter has axed their accessibility experience team? I, I'll be honest. I was a little surprised when I read the news. And after I had some time to absorb it a bit, um, I actually wasn't surprised because I think what Musk is doing is he's going in. I think he's, he's cleaning house and assessing um, where the value for the platform is actually being created. And uh, I think at some point they'll bring the accessibility team back, but in a different form. So uh, right now I think it was a decision made on on value generation. Yeah, I had a similar thought as well. I wondered if it's possible that the new management team at Twitter just thinks they can offer accessibility in their own way. It's possible. Um and I mean, really, you know, for a text-based platform, how much accessibility support do you really need to stay compliant? Um, there's going to be a lot of, of uh, there'll, there'll be a lot of adjustment over the next couple of years as uh, things like the ACA roll out, rolls out in Canada. Europe obviously has their own accessibility standard. There's the ADA in the US. So they're going to have to stay compliant on those things. And maybe the, the management team at Twitter is saying, hey, um, we're, we're going to bring some accessibility people on for business as usual just to make sure that we're not sued. And uh, in terms of new product offerings, they're, they're, you know, there's, there's talk of bringing Vine back and, and um, you know, having a competitor to TikTok. So there, there's going to be need for accessibility stuff in the future. But I think right now the accessibility team is saying, hey, let's or the management team is saying, hey, let's let's just do sort of the bare minimum for accessibility before we actually start to really think about this strategically. Kevin, one of the, when we spoke last time, we talked about some of the risks that exist when mm-hmm. an application or a website goes through a full-blown redesign or a redevelopment and how that may yep. end up turning off some consumers or turning some customers. I, I have to confess, I, I've, I've never been in a situation where there's been a full-blown management changeover, ownership changeover. But but what can happen there in terms of new owners coming in and saying, listen, we we want to do things differently here. Is, isn't there always sort of an anticipation that the user experience is going to change? Well, look, accessibility isn't going away. Uh, they've done a lot of great work with accessibility uh, at Twitter. So, uh, you know, tomorrow the platform is not all of a sudden going to be inaccessible. And uh, I don't think that's going to be the case in, in six months. Uh, there is a risk, obviously, with with a changeover in management. Maybe, look, they don't understand accessibility. They don't get accessibility. 
I doubt that's the case. I, I don't think that they're going to all of a sudden become in, inaccessible because, you know, Elon Musk is a is a spiteful person that says, hey, we don't want to make this, uh, you know, accessible to everyone. And, you know, it's all about the bottom line. Um, I think they recognize that accessibility has, a, has an impact on, on ROI. And because of that, I think that they're going to do accessibility in a different way. And yes, there's going to be some, some near-term risk. But in the long term, I, th I think that, the, that accessibility is ultimately going to be a good play for everybody involved. Let's zoom out here a little bit, Kevin. What are some of the broader implications that you imagine are going to occur here with Twitter. We have seen uh, the, the, people that maybe are overstating the amount of folks who fled the platform. You know, people are talking about hundreds of thousands. I, mm -hmm. I don't I don't know if you can actually really measure that inside of inside a one week window. Uh, people are talking about some ad revenue that's dropped off in the last couple of weeks. But what are yep. some of the broader implications here in your mind? So let me let me throw this back at you. Um, if I say to you, search, what website do you think of? Google. If I say shopping, what website do you think of? Amazon. If I say uh, movies and TV, what website do you think of? Netflix. So there's always going to be only one place on the internet for um, these types of things where we have an activity and we associate with that with, with one word. And Twitter started out as a microblogging platform, but it's really a... It's really the website that helps people. So I shouldn't say helps people. It makes people think, and that's what their niche is. And that's not that's not going to go away. And the the broader implication of this is that Twitter is going to be the one place. It is the town square, like it or not, where people are going to go to have stimulating conversations about things that make people think. And um, there's only going to be one of that. And I know a lot of people have talked about. You know, I'm going to Mastodon or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go to this other platform over here. And ultimately, it's going to fail. You want to be where everyone is talking and where mm. these ideas can be exchanged. It was so funny. I, I, I was following along with some of the conversations because there has been a very strong disability advocacy, advocacy community that has formed on Twitter. And a lot oh, of folks sure. were chiming in on this on Friday night. And they were saying, I'm going to Mastodon. Well, I'm going to Facebook. And then somebody else would reply, well, you know, I only really follow people that I know know on Facebook. And it was so funny to kind of see the whole thing splinter apart that solidarity <laughs> fell apart sort of within within three or four tweets and solidarity was gone yeah. because oh we formed this great community but i don't want you on my facebook because i don't really know you that's right that's right and uh i mean you know the same thing could be said for like these sites like uh you know gab and truth social and and uh you know all these other sort of these sites that have sort of popped up um you know and not to get into politics here but um, you know, we've seen these groups kind of splinter off and it's like, well, look, if everyone isn't going to play on the one platform, it's like, you're, you know, you're, you're nobody if you're not selling your product on Amazon. You're nobody if you're not, you know, if your movie or TV show is on Netflix and it's like, hey, I'm, I'm, I've got, you know, somebody's like, hey, I've got a band and we've got a CD release. Is, is it on Spotify? Well, no, then like you don't yeah. matter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, can I find it? No, you can't. Well, then I'm not going to listen. Uh, Kevin, I once, one of my favorite journalists in, in the whole wide world, Derek Thompson, he writes for The Atlantic. He's a great podcast called Plain English. He's the best. He refers to Twitter as a library on the top floor and a food fight in the basement. And I've never heard a more apt description of what Twitter <laughs> is. I think that's really, really accurate. Uh, Kevin, let's wrap up here. What do you think? 
Is Elon Musk regretting it all, spending $44 billion on a social media platform that was already somewhat struggling with monetization? I, I don't think so. I think he's looking at this in the long term. I think he's thinking, um, am I going to make that $44 billion back uh, in 10 years? And maybe it is with charging people 8 bucks a month to, to have... Um, the blue check, uh, the it, verification, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Um, but I also think that, you know, I was just reading this morning that um, that they're that they're creating official accounts on on Twitter, uh, you know, for for governments and companies and that sort of thing. Um, but it's also going to be a really interesting thing to watch because Facebook just announced today that they're laying off eleven thousand mm. uh, people. So you know, things in the economy aren't going to go aren't going to go well in the next uh, in the next little bit here with with layoffs and hiring freezes coming in. So so we'll see we'll see where things go. I think uh, Elon Musk has a plan. And, uh, you know, if you can bring back things like Vine and um, really monetize the platform that way instead of through, um, you know, straight up ad revenue on the website, uh, then then he's got a good thing going. And it's, you know, I don't even use the Twitter website. I use a Twitter client and, and I avoid mm. ads altogether. Yeah. Speaking of uh, Facebook slash meta, you mentioned those layoffs, 11,000 people. It's almost like spending $100 billion on the metaverse. Uh, again, it's it's lo- it's long term goals, but yeah. it's, a lo- it's a lot of money to be investing in an experiment. For sure. Absolutely. (laughs) Hey, Kevin, we're always grateful for your perspective. Thank you for making some time for us today. We know you're a busy man. Thanks for having me. That's Kevin Shaw with a look at what's going on with accessibility and some of the business at Twitter. 44 Billy, Elon Musk put down on that company. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts.